This year has marked a lot of changes in the way we do life in our families. For many adults, the jobs they thought they'd retire from one day are now a distant memory, and they now spend their time starting over or looking for how to start over. Now that puts a lot of pressure on the family. That takes time away from the family. And even if the kids who used to be at school all day are now doing school from home, that doesn't necessarily mean the family is any more connected. As a result, we often find ourselves allowing our kids to be exposed to influences, even evil influences, that we would never think of exposing them to if there were just a few more hours in the day, let's say, or a few more dollars in our bank accounts. Television, movies, music, Madison Avenue, YouTube videos, social media, and public school, and more, are all just vying for the emotional, psychological, and spiritual market share of our kids today. And to a large extent, we've been complicit in all of this by our lack of time and therefore our lack of oversight. But we must be vigilant to understand that our kids don't belong to the state, nor to Hollywood, nor to their 300 or even 3,000 social media friends. No, they're your kids and they're mine. But more importantly, they're God's kids. And we not only have the right, but we have the responsibility to train them in the way they should go. We'll see what that looks like today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to the program. So glad to have you along with us today. I'm Rich Rosel, a father of five, and joining me as always is another father of five and the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill Academy, a Christ-centered year-long residential program for teens in crisis, Trace Embry. And Trace, uh, boy, it seems that far too often we have to remind parents, and I guess sometimes even ourselves, that Ultimately, we parents are the ones responsible for training up our own children and imparting into them the, the tools that will help them flourish in life. And what you say at the close of this program is so true. If you don't train your children, someone or something else will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, Rich, the, the tragedy is that in way too many cases these days, somebody else already has. But it's usually a team of somebody's. Yeah. In the past, it was always the bad crowd that parents warned their kids about. But today, the bad crowd actually could be what traditionally had always been thought of as the good crowd and or people we trusted or our kids emulated. Like school board members or teachers, professors, media personnel, news anchors, doctors, lawyers, legislators, mayors, governors, presidents, and even clergy. But today, it seems like the spiritual life has been sucked out of so many people, even people from some of these same noble professions. Yet these same spiritually challenged people in these quote-unquote noble professions are still wielding the same level of power and influence over our kids and our citizenry at large. So when a highly esteemed and educated person like a teacher tells Junior that America is an evil place or that abortion is legal and therefore morally right, kids are going to swallow that while falsely assuming that Ms. Throckmorton must be the final arbiter of truth on these subjects. Yeah, but I'm not sure that kids know enough about history anymore or even stop to consider that a number of things that may have been legal at one time or another, uh, that that legality still doesn't make them good. Although there is one example about why America is supposedly evil that today's culture is clinging to, and that's the fact that slavery and Jim Crow used to be legal. Uh, therefore, the conclusion that our kids often make is that everything about our country is and always has been evil. Mm -hmm. I think that Christianity shows us that good and bad certainly can coexist. In fact, they do in every human being. 
you know, we, we may be saved and therefore cleansed, and yet we still sin. But, but I think your point is, and it is a great one, that is that our opinions of right and wrong as a culture, they change time and again, as do the laws that we enact. But God's views of right and wrong don't change, which is why sometimes law and morality can be in total opposition to one another, can't they? Yeah, all that is right, and 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 when they hear uh, similar garbage in their music uh, on the evening news, on talk shows, sitcoms, uh, movies, uh, among their three hundred Instagram friends, and in some cases in their churches, what conclusions are these kids supposed to come to as creatures whose frontal lobes are still a long way off from being able to sort through a lot of this hocus pocus? Because too few are actually taught how to think today. Right. They naively oblige this propaganda and then go stick their noses right back on their little blue screens. (laughs) Here's the even greater problem. If there's a systemic anything in America, and it's not racism anymore, we have a systemic moral and spiritual problem in our culture. And, And let's pause for just a moment on that comment that you just made, because everybody needs to hear this and consider it. There are many problems in our world today. And I would argue that racism is a problem, uh, and and it is still receiving a lot of attention. But to your point, racism, racial injustice, any of the myriad other problems out there really aren't the problems. They're symptoms of a much bigger, even more important problem that's largely hidden today, and that's the the moral and spiritual desert that exists in America and in many other parts around the world. Absolutely. And we've got a whole host of insane products of the 1960s who are now running America. And I'm not just talking old hippies. I'm talking the kids, the grandkids, and now the great-grandkids of uh, many of those sex, drugs, and rock and roll hippies. But their sex today is more decadent. Their drugs today are more potent. And their rock and roll has evolved into an even more overt form of poisonous audio indoctrination called hip-hop. Many of these old hippies and their drug-addled descendants are nuttier than squirrel dung, yet they've now found themselves in positions of authority and influence. In other words, they've accidentally ended up on third base, living under the delusion they've just hit a triple, and all while blissfully toking their way through life in a universe called me as the rest of society collapses around them. And and we've already seen one of the latest subdivisions of that me universe in a little police-free and government-free zone called CHOP or CHAZ or whatever the latest name for it actually is. The very product of this culturally induced brainwashing through the redefinition of terms and the wholesale buy-in of myriad false premises like America is systemically a racist nation. I mean, think about it. If you really believe that premise, then you also believe that you have a real point. But if your premise is actually false and not real, then you have no real point. And the first premise to winning or even making any legitimate argument is to have a point. I'm suspecting that the point our guest is going to make today is that as parents, we have to have more skin in the game ourselves when it comes to giving our kids the best chance of flourishing in life and for adopting a sensible worldview that gives our kids all the right premises for such flourishing. And from my experience, as someone who actually works with those young developing brains, hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, that very first premise should be God is. Amen. Well, uh, let me introduce our guest. Sam Sorbo is back with us today on Licensed to Parent. Many of our listeners may know Sam for her acting 
Uh, she's been in several films, including Bonfire of the Vanities and 20 Bucks, and television shows like Chicago Hope and Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Uh, Hercules, by the way, is uh, where she met the man who is now her husband, the lead actor in that series, Kevin Sorbo. Uh, fast forward a bit, and she is now the host of a nationally syndicated radio program, The Sam Sorbo Show, and is in fact joining us from that studio today. Uh, she also speaks publicly around the country. She continues her acting and producing and writing. And uh, by the way, we'd like to recommend her book entitled They're Your Kids, an inspirational journey from self-doubter to homeschool advocate. Uh, yes, they do homeschool their three kids. Sam and Kevin have written several other books and, in fact, recently released a book called True Faith, Embracing Adversity to Live in God's Light. And as usually happens when we have Sam on, it all blends together in our conversations. Sam, welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, I hope I didn't come across too rough on parents in the intro there. I, I, I certainly didn't mean to, but I am angry, and, and I'll admit it, uh, not at parents, uh, but I'm angry at what our nation's so-called intelligentsia, i.e. politicians, academia, the mental health profession, the media, the entertainment industry, have all helped create for today's parents and their kids. I actually hurt for anyone raising kids in America today. It's hard to watch. Uh, but I'm happy to say that you and your husband, Kevin, are, are two of the, the growing number of people in Hollywood, of all places, who are actually stepping out uh, and stepping up to the plate and doing, you know, what, what you can to fight this nonsense, both in your professional lives and your personal lives. Tell us how you're doing that. Well, of course, I've been uh, advocating for homeschooling for many years now, and I've written a few books on it. And uh, But I'll tell you, what I've come to realize is that, um, and, and this is why I love your show so much, we have a crisis of parenting. It's not a. It's it's no longer an education crisis. It goes beyond mm -hmm. that. And so I'm talking with parents mm -hmm. now who have decided because of the COVID and all of the stuff, and so they've finally taken the plunge. They've finally been convinced, um, which is a which is a wonderful thing. But what they're finding now is that they can't control their kids because yeah. they've abdicated parenting. And so, you know, I'm doing a series of videos right now because I, I put a lot of videos up to just sort of come alongside parents and, and help them through this crisis. But now I'm doing videos saying, hey, listen, quit, quit educating. Stop it because you can't educate someone who's not willing to learn. OK, so take mm -hmm. a step back and learn to parent your child first and learn discipline and then slowly put in the educational stuff because children are naturally curious we're born curious, right? And so right, right. what education tends to do, in, in this country at least, in school, is dampen that curiosity, beat it out of you until you never want to learn anything ever again. And what mm -hmm. parents need to figure out is how to get the discipline back, how to, how to rest back their authority, which they have ceded to the school system, take yeah. back the authority, and get their kids sort of, in a sense, under control and I mean in a good way, get a relationship going sure. with their kids, and then maybe their kids will be looking up to them and trying to learn things from them. Sam, yeah. one of the things I know you've talked about, even to homeschooling parents, is don't get in the habit of having to check off all the boxes. You don't have to finish this one thing completely. Do it you know, according to your pace, according to your child's pace, knowing that life is the, is the educational system, life is the learning environment. Talk, talk about that a little bit, about how you, you don't have to hit all the marks. 
Well, when I first started, you know, I, I took on uh, Shirley Grammer. I love Shirley Grammer. And no, they don't sponsor me or pay me. Um, but I took on their curriculum and I would do every single page, every single exercise, every single lesson with my children. And it was oppressive. There was a lot to do. And so <laughs> I, and I, and it was like, oh no, Monday has to be the first day of the week. Um, and then eventually I went, oh, okay. So if we take a day off, I just postpone that day to the next day. So then Monday didn't have to be the first day of the week. But my first child, boy, I mean, he suffered because I insisted that he do every single assignment. And then let's just say I finally figured out the schools don't do everything in the book. In fact, if I think back, right. we moved schools when I was growing up because my mother found out that the local high school did only 12 chapters of the 52-chapter biology book. And so we moved to a school that did 40 chapters of the 52-chapter biology book. My point is nobody did the whole flipping book. <laughs> and so right. parents have to understand, you know, there's this, there's this weird gold standard that we think that education achieves, okay? Not only does it not achieve it, it doesn't even strive for it. Yeah. They've already given up the ghost. So, so we as, as parents who are teaching our children, we have to take a step back and not expect perfection, but look more towards the relationship that the parent has with the child. Sam, am I right to assume that this COVID crisis has given parents perhaps another swing at exploring the homeschool thing for their kids? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of parents out there who are completely disillusioned with how the schools have handled the COVID crisis um, and in fact, many schools mishandled it entirely. I, I would argue that they continue to do so. And, and here's the other thing is, you know, a lot of parents, their, their primary argument for sending their child to school was socialization. They, they wanted the child to have the right. opportunity to socialize. Huh, well, that's off the table now with COVID and all the restrictions <laughs> that are being put on the, the kids in school. So, um, right. so, yeah, there are a lot of parents who are exploring homeschool. And, of course, they were all homeschooling in the spring when all the schools shut down. Yeah. Um, the veil is dropping and we're getting a glimpse into what the schools are really about. And so when you have the, the unions yeah. in California, the teachers unions saying, we're not going back to school until you defund the police and shut down all the charter schools, meaning take away any competition that we might have exactly. so that we can have free reign. Yeah. When you have teachers now that are publicly commenting that they are concerned that there are some conservative parents who might disagree with the values mm -hmm. and the indoctrination that the teachers are allowed to impose on the kids in classrooms virtually um, because the parents are watching the classes and you have school districts that are insisting on parents signing a non-disclosure agreement saying that they won't watch what's happening in their child's classroom that's absurd. And parents Insane. are starting to wake up. But combine that with the poor education results. And, I, and I'm hopeful that parents are starting to wake up and saying, you know, I'm not getting what I signed up to get. I'm having discipline issues at home. Maybe there's something wrong with the system. Well, I tell you what, we need to take a quick break here on Licensed to Parent. Our guest today is Sam Sorbo, actress, radio host, international model, I like to say international spy also, homeschooling advocate <laughs> and the author of, of many great books, including They're Your Kids, an inspirational journey from self-doubter to homeschool advocate. 
Uh, her newest book is called True Faith, Embracing Adversity to Live in God's Light, available online at samsorbo.com. Sorbo, by the way, spelled S-O-R-B-O. We'll be back with more conversation with Sam right after this. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Helpmytroubledteen.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Welcome back. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. If you'd like to find out more about us, perhaps uh, hear some past programs, you can go to our website, licensedtoparent.org. And uh, our guest on the program today is Sam Sorbo, an actress, a radio host, an international model. And uh, today, anyway, she's a homeschool advocate, and we're talking about a number of the resources she has, including her book, They're Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Doubter to Homeschool Advocate. And uh, Sam, by the way, during the break, we were talking about your website. Uh, what are some of the resources beyond your books that people might find on your website? Well, I, I've been doing videos talking about some of the challenges that homeschooling uh, affords, some of the challenges that COVID homeschooling uh, created for parents. And um, I did a whole series that homeschooling is easy, parenting is hard. And I think that that is, I'm, I'm sort of getting these strange epiphanies the, the farther along we come. Um, so one of the epiphanies that I had was that we don't teach virtues to our children, uh, specifically Christian parents who ought to know better, right? But they right. don't because they were raised in the secular 
school system. And, and so when you're a Christian, but you're steeped in secularism, then it becomes very difficult to impart your Christianity to your children. You, you, you believe what you believe because you know the truth. And yet, um, the challenges against it are so, are so great because we've been taught so many things in our secular schools that are antithetical Mm -hmm. to Christianity. One of the things that I that that I talk about in uh, in Teach from Love, which is the devotional book that I did, is this idea that we're not teaching virtue. And our public school system was established initially in order to teach biblical morality to the citizenry yeah. of this nation, because without our morals, this nation can't survive because we rely on our morality to keep us from needing laws and the less morality you have, the more laws you need until when you, when you lack morality, you need tyranny to keep yeah. everything in line. But do you consider homeschooling to always be the best option for Christian parents to educate their kids? So the, the easy answer to that is yes. Are, are there exceptions to every rule? Of course, there are exceptions to every rule. But yeah. I think that the challenge of educating your children should be greeted, embraced, and met. And so I would encourage every Christian parent to do that because you will grow as a person because parenting is the fulfillment of, uh, of life. Really. It's yeah. you're, you become more of an adult. You become more of a, of a round human being when you fully embrace the role of parent. Now, can you do those things without becoming a parent? I suppose, but it's different. So once you are a parent, if you embrace it and you and you work towards that that ultimate goal, which is look, the parent-child relationship is the direct reflection of the God individual relationship. Okay, mm-hmm. if you can form that kind of relationship between yourself and your child, your child will have a better chance of forming a relationship with God. That's yeah. why it works that way. So everything that you do to tear that relationship apart, and one of the things that effectively tears that relationship apart is sending your child away from you for eight hours a day to be indoctrinated with secular teachings, uh, you know, is going to heed that child's growth as a Christian human being. Well, as I often say here on this broadcast, there's so much to be said about redefinition of terms and false premises. The, the God thing is the premise that so many parents don't have in the equation any longer. And it really all goes back to that, that foundation of understanding that God is and, and we're not God. Uh, well, does yeah. your book offer creative ways uh, to make homeschooling and, and the God premise a reality uh, to the kids of, of parents who would homeschool their kids. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, there your kids does and teach from love, uh, helps parents to have the discussion of morals and virtues with their children, um, as young as five, um, and as okay. old, frankly, as through high school, because it's full of stories, um, that, and I don't talk down. So, um, I, I don't, specifically talk down to five-year-olds. I think that when you have a young child, you should speak to that child as if they were an adult with a limited amount of knowledge um, rather than talking baby talk to the little children and trying to make them feel stupid. 
so yeah, we need to see them as adults in training is what we need to see them as. That, that is, uh, that's can, exactly right. And, and you expect certain things from them. Um, uh, obviously, lower your expectations slightly because they're young children, but, but we expect them to, to step up to the plate. And that's why I think uh, homeschoolers practice this a lot better than schools do. And that's why when you meet a homeschooler, you're typically very impressed with how, um, how self- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-confident. Yeah, their confidence and their level of maturity because their parents have been dealing with them on a one-to-one basis as as individuals and not as just young children in a group of children who need to be yeah. disciplined, well, you know. How do you respond to the argument that, that Mrs. Christian gives for sending her son to public school when she says, I know many of the teachers and administrators in that school, and it's nothing like the other public schools. I actually go to church with a lot of them. The climate there is healthier than many Christian schools I've seen. How do you respond to that? Well, I don't know the school. Um, I don't I, either, I, but I get that answer a lot. The thing is that her paradigm is so set, and we've raised a whole society of closed-mindedness, um, and it's very difficult to change people's minds. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I feel sad for her. But I will say this. If, if you think that you know, I really encourage you to go watch my videos because I address all of those things in the videos. At least I try yeah. to. And, and this idea that children go to school for eight hours a day because eight hours a day is necessary is poppycock. Um, I look at it, it looks like child abuse to me to make a young boy sit in a classroom for eight hours. I think oh that boy. that's absurd. Um, and I young was girls, that young boy. Frankly, but, but more, more importantly, young boys, they need to be out running around and getting hurt, frankly. They need to be exploring the world. And we close them off inside a school with bars on the windows. And um, I, I think it's just disastrous. So uh, I, I address a lot of that in my videos at uh, samsorbo.com to try to encourage parents in this journey and that they should understand that it's not an overnight thing, but certainly it isn't eight hours a day for the parent. It's absolutely not eight hours a day for the student. It's maybe three hours a day for younger kids. Um, And the parent is maybe a part of, I don't know, 30 minutes of that, maybe an hour. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not that much work. Yeah. Well, and another thing that goes with that, we we were homeschooling uh, parents, uh, especially when our kids were, were young, and in Georgia, or at least in Hall County, Georgia, where, where we live, uh, you have to, you know, fill out this form that's saying that you are educating your child at home for four and a half hours every day. And I know a lot of people get hung up on that and they think, oh my gosh, I've got to spend four and a half hours. But we realize very quickly, um, formal school doesn't need to take nearly that long, but school itself is a 24-7 thing. You're always learning. Right. And so, so if you don't try to lock yourself into this time slot, but instead lock yourself into a life of learning and a life, as you say, of exploring, one of the greatest things I think we can teach our kids is by example of saying, look, I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out together. That's and right. when you take that approach to education, it, it works so much better. Sam, our time is up for today. It's always a delight to have you with us on Licensed to Parent. But uh, we are once again going to give your website address, samsorbo.com. There's a lot of great information there, great videos and other resources, and we'd love for folks to visit. Thanks so much for being on Licensed to Parent with us today. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And that wraps up this edition of Licensed to Parent, a reminder that you can find us online at licensedtoparent.org. 
And by the way, we often talk on this program about uh, the dangers of digital technology and especially in the hands of our kids and them having 24-7 access to the Internet. On our website, you'll find information about ways that you as a parent can regain control of that, especially through what we like to call wise phone use. So go to our website, licensedtoparent.org, and you'll find all the details. Also, if you'd like to join our ministry effort with your financial and prayer support, let me invite you to visit our website as well, licensedtoparent.org, and click on the donate link. There you'll find a couple of ways to give, and one of those could even provide a resource to you. You'll find all the details at licensedtoparent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.